Welcome to the DevOps Mastery Podcast. We're here to get you from where you are today to being a DevOps master by helping you cut the learning curve down into manageable pieces. So without any further delay, let's get going. Now, where did I put that machete? Hello and welcome to another episode of the DevOpsMastery.com podcast. Guess Yay, who's back? I'm back. He's back. I made it back. And and there's probably much rejoicing going on, actually. Um. Well, depends if you ask my wife or not. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time with her and, and, uh, and now I was told, yes, you may podcast forever. Please go podcast. Yeah. Get the hell out of the house. Yes. Yeah, got it. Been there, done that. Um... On this week's episode, Jason, we're going to, on this first episode, we're going to talk about six tips for more effective communications. Because one of the things that as a DevOps person you really need to be good at is, uh, tips is communicating. Tips or chips? Tips. Okay. Tips to ensure prompt service. Tips. Okay. Got it. Because you want to tip people to be able to. Well, yeah, it made sense. Back. I just, it sounded like chips. Mommy makes them hungry. Maybe. I'll feed you next time. I'm sorry. I didn't That's know right. that was a requirement. You gave me a Coke and a smile. <laughs> I was smiling for those who can't see me. Yes. Anyways, um, we live on your feedback. So please give us your feedback at feedback at devopsmastery.com. Tell us, um, that you want us to stop talking about chips because it's making you hungry or whatever it is. Um, whatever your comment is. Wait till I'm done drinking, please. Yeah. I'll try to wait next time. Um, I can't get a spit take though if I do that. Anyways, you can also follow us as DevOps Master on Twitter. And we have a Google Plus community where you can go find us at devopsmastery.com on Google Plus. And we also have a Facebook community, which I've started posting to again. Wasn't there something on LinkedIn, too? Did we get feedback through there, too? Uh, yeah, we get feedback from there, but that's because I post stuff there. Oh, okay. So if you're not a member of the DevOps, there's a there's a really big group, like 77,000 people on the DevOps group on LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn, why aren't you? Because that's the only way people are going to find you to offer you a better job. And uh, also, there's 77,000 people on this DevOps group, so go check it out and uh, and follow it, and it will send you little updates, and, and it doesn't harass you. It's not as bad as some other services, so check out the LinkedIn goodness. Should we get on with it? Too bad they don't pay us for that, but anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a, Oh, <clears throat> I, on that tip, we're going to do a Patreon here shortly. Um, we will be starting a Patreon thing, so everybody can give us some tips and 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 incentivize us with actual cash donations to do that. Uh, PayPal would let us like people pay us in chips through PayPal. No, but I think they will let us do Bitcoin now. Maybe that's not them. Somebody will let us do Bitcoin. I'd rather have chips. I'd rather have Bitcoins. Bitcoins have a much bigger upside than chips. No, I'm usually satisfied after chips. Yes. You can buy lots of chips with Bitcoins, what I'm trying to say. Anyways, let's get on to the podcast here. So um <clears throat> if you're really like I said before, if you're really gonna master DevOps, you need to be able to master your communications. And what I mean by that is, um, at the very least, mastering communications means that you need to have an ability to clearly motivate and pull people into a discussion about what your goals are and what you're trying to achieve. You know, spending an extra 15 or 20 minutes writing an email can save you days, sometimes weeks of discussions and arguments and apologies for things that you missaid. Um, all by just taking some time away from the email, you know, coming back to it later or just taking a little extra care to, to watch what you write and how you write it. Uh, I have a lot more tips than what I'm going to cover today, but I'm just going to cover six. Uh, it started off as five, which is still in my 
my article, which I'll have to fix. But uh, <laughs> I'll get started to off as, started off as six, or it ended up as six. It started off to be five, but it ended up being six, which we'll fix right now. And um, the first of those is have a very clear goal in what your communication is trying to accomplish. Like, what are you trying to get out of this communication? Are you trying to just inform somebody, hey, we're going to do a patch? Are you uh, trying to get help with a memory leak? Are you trying to let everybody know that, um, you know, you have a failure in your automated build process, your whatever process, and you just want other people's input before you fix it. You may think you have a fix, but you're not sure if it's going to break somebody else's stuff. So what are you trying to, to communicate out to these other people? And what are you trying to get them to give you feedback on? This one sounds pretty obvious, but I can't tell you how many emails that I have read where you read the email, it's only two sentences long, and you're looking at it going, really, what are you asking? It's either a statement not asking for anybody to give any feedback or it doesn't make sense. Cause it's um, filled with buzzwords. Sometimes you've seen those. Yeah. Sometimes it's, buzzword, yeah. buzzword, buzzword, the buzzword, 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 the hi. hi. <laughs> Thanks for reading. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are <clears throat> definitely problems that keep coming up over and over again. And just, so having a clear goal, that's just the first tip. So just have a clear goal. Know what you want to do. Know what you want to say. No. Or well, yeah. Know what you're trying to communicate. Next is, um, what is your personal motivation for writing the communication? Sounds weird, right? But communicating why you are trying to solve a problem or get f- feedback is a really big part of trying to get people to jump on board and realize what you're trying to do. If your real goal is to fix a memory leak, you should probably say that, that, you know, we're, I'm trying to fix this problem. You probably shouldn't call it necessarily memory leak, but you should probably say, I'm trying to fix this problem. I'm trying to push this change out. I'm not sure, or I want some validation in my thought process for doing this, whatever it is. Um, being, being humble about what your, your motivations are and making sure to, to keep in mind, um, that you normally want your motivation to be able to be summed up in a sentence. Like why you're doing it should be a sentence, maybe a really long sentence, but it should be a sentence. Shouldn't be a paragraph about why you're writing the communication because TLDNR does come into play in these communications. Do you know what that means? No, my eyes are looking up like I'm trying to think in my brain. <laughs> TLDNR too long. Did not read. Ah, yes. Um, I was thinking ADD. Well, ADD people often respond with TLDNR. Too long did not read. Right. Because it's yeah. just too long for them to being one <clears throat> with that. It's too long to keep your focus. Yeah, really. You should have stopped. Um, and that's where careful editing comes in, which is not one of my tips for this week, but it'll be one of my tips in the future one. So uh the next thing is is so you know what you're trying to do, you know what your motivation is, you, you've communicated that. The next thing you want to do is you want to communicate what you're trying to motivate the other people to do. What are you trying to ask them to do? How do you want them to respond? What do you want them to do? Do you want them to go fix a bug? Do you want them to, you know, what do you want them to do? And this is the part that tends to be very sales pitchy. And so people don't really want to do that. But it's a sign of a leader. Right. Which is what everybody, you know, DevOps teams are generally filled with leaders. Everybody's a leader in their, in their area or in their task that they're doing. And, um, I think a lot of people with this kind of sales pitchy part, a lot of people don't normally like to be sold. So they don't want to put it. You can't say it in a sales pitch. Right. 
and they don't do that. <clears throat> and that's exactly my next point, which is you can't really say it in a sales pushy kind of way because nobody will, nobody will respond to it well. Mm-hmm. You know that because that's what, not what you want as the as the reader of these emails. Instead, you should just focus on the benefits for the other person um, and <clears throat> asking for help from them. So the best way to get people to feed back to you is to ask them for help. We ask you for help every time we do a podcast. Hey, give us some feedback. Tell us what you're thinking. We really mean it. We really want your feedback. We get feedback all the time. We appreciate the feedback. We try to incorporate the feedback and and we continue that that cycle and that loop. Yes. I want chips. I Sorry. I, want chips. <laughs> I can't get out of my head. I'll go up and get you chips in all between right. podcasts. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so you also want to do this in a way that, that isn't insulting to other people and kind of makes them feel like they're important and a, and a part of the process. And again, let me reiterate, a little humility goes a long way in working through these things. Not trying to pretend like you know everything, asking for help, um, because you probably do really want help, or at least you want somebody to validate that what you said was was true. So remember, trying to motivate people to do things. So the next one, the next big tip that I have is to stay away from words that are exclusive and use more words that are inclusive. And I'm not sure this works in all, it works this way in all languages, but in English, especially it works this way. If you use words like I, me, my, us, um, my department or group name, uh, them and you, those all tend to be very exclusionary. So I feel this way. I want, I want, I need, I, mm-hmm. it, it's not asking for help. It's saying what you're doing basically. Same with me, my, our department, your department. You don't want to use those words if you can. You want to use very team-building, very team-focused type communications because that's how you're going to get, again, that's how you're going to get people to feel apart and be included. If your whole sentence or your whole paragraph is I, me, my, then the person reading it is just going to sit there and go, well, well, if you're going to do this and you're going to make all these decisions, then why are you bothering to ask or send me this? Why are you making me read this email, really? How does it relate to me, basically? How does it relate to me? Um, very good. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. <clears throat> so, um, so when you're doing this, the other thing that, that I've seen people do when they're making this particular mistake is even though they're not intending to blame anyone, the emails, because of the way the communication's being done, because of the word, the, the pronoun, I guess those are pronouns, pronoun choices are being chosen. I'm going to get so much shit for that last comment. Uh, <laughs> that chosen, they're going to, um, they're going to possibly feel like you're dumping on them, like you're blaming them. Mm-hmm. They can they can get all these different feelings just because of the the way you addressed them, not because of what you're actually saying. So you can actually lose a lot in the communications just by pointing at them and asking them something the wrong way. Instead of being inclusive and saying, we need to work on this as a group, saying that you need to work on this as an individual kind of sounds like you're dumping on them. You know, I need you, Mr. Developer, to go find this memory leak and fix it. Well, that's not going to get you as much as going, hey, I see this. It looks like a memory leak. Let's work on it together and not putting everything on that person, right? Because everybody has more work than they can handle. And so you want to make it sound like, hey, I'm going to take some of this hit too, and I'm going to I'm gonna work with you. And same if you're the developer going to the other side. I'm having this DNS issue. I'm pretty sure it's a DNS issue. Can you help me troubleshoot and either identify that it is or it isn't a DNS issue? And let's let's move on, that kind of stuff. This goes both ways. It's not an ops developer thing. It, it, technologists in general are... Uh, Great at writing, not great at communicating. 
the part of your brain that dominates mostly, wasn't it? Right. They tend to deal with a lot of facts. And fact-based communications isn't very encompass, you know, helpful, encompassing. And, and it just <clears throat> that's why I'm writing this, because I just want people to to think about those things mm-hmm. and think about what all is going on. And what you had said about the uh, including and in, in, you, know, you don't want to you don't want to cause like a separation between you and another person. That also, though, if you think about it, goes all the way up the chain. I mean, you get a corporation where instead of it's just me versus you, it's you got department versus department, and you don't want those same feelings. So you've got to find a way to keep the big picture in mind, no matter what level you're dealing with, whether it's one on one or or group to group, right? Mm-hmm. And that's also how you help to break down. I mean, a big part of DevOps is breaking down the silos. And that's a big part of how you break down the silos by, by making sure that your communications are inclusive and making everybody feel like they're part of it or part of the solution or part of the problem and needing to help find the solution. Either way, however you want to think about it, uh, either of those works. So the next thing, the next tip that I have for you, and this is uh, tip number five. And that is to leave the door open for dialogue. So never or try never to write a communication that is worded in such a way that it's just a a long list of facts and statements, Um, things where you're not leaving. You want to leave room for people to come back and give you the feedback that you're asking for. You know what's ironic? What? That's that's a sales technique, too. When you're trying to to get somebody to buy something, you ask open-ended questions because you need to entice them to keep talking about it, which then puts it in their brain more. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is. Um, they just go yes or no, and then you're done, and the conversation ends. And Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. No, that's okay. No, because it's it's actually a lot of what I was trying to say in this, this section and this tip, is you want to make sure that you're saying things in a way that doesn't elicit a yes-no answer. Saying, I think we should do this, what do you think, is going to leave people with one of two options. Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Now, no might require a little more, you know, those, those are both going to require a little more answer than that, but not much. Depends on the personality of the person though, too. Right. It does. Or if they don't want to talk anyway, and you're trying to get somebody who's not a Uh talker. Yeah. People who are, are just shy or, Mm -hmm. or nervous about communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they've been bitten before or something, you know, trying to get those people to communicate. It can be hard. Um, so what you're, what you're trying to do is to ask questions like, I think we should do this this way but I'm not sure this is the right way. What other options does everybody see? Is there other options that everybody sees? And that gives people some short answers still, but you want to try to, to focus in on getting some type of feedback back from them. That doesn't mean that you will get feedback. That just means that you've tried mm-hmm. and, and that you're, you're attempting to do that. I um, was having a conversation with a project manager friend of mine last night, and a big part of what we were talking about was around a uh, lack of communications between customers and ourselves and, you know, fire and forget messages. Basically we fire off the message. They forget about it and sitting there trying to follow up with them and getting them to engage and respond, mm-hmm. trying different emails. Um, and I was, you know, working on the last bit of this article. So I was trying to figure out if there was something else I could say in this, but it's basically it's something you just have to learn over time what works with the people that you're working with. Because different people are going to respond different ways to Jason's point. So you're going to want to try to make those open-ended questions work as effectively as possible. And the number six tip. I love the title for this one. I'm very proud of it. <clears throat> like a good beer, let it ferment. So uh, once you've written your post or your email or whatever it is that you're going to write, let it sit. Hours or overnight. 
or longer if it's possible. If you don't have to have the communications out right now, let it sit. If you do have to have it out right now, still get up, walk away for 10 or 15 minutes, come back, read it again, and make sure that it's to the standard and level that you want it to be. Um, I routinely write emails, save them as drafts, go write two or three more emails, come back to the first one, reread it, and I'll either find stupid grammar mistakes or um, I was writing in such a train of thought thing that I've actually left out entire parts of sentences because I can't type fast enough for my brain. And I know what I wanted to say because it was only a couple minutes ago. Right. But it was like, wow, I just totally, nobody would ever have been able to figure out what that sentence meant because it just, it stopped mid-sentence and went on. He's not lying either. I've, yeah. I've read those. <laughs> yeah. There's been blog posts that have been that way. Sure. Um, and normally, or some, not normally, but normally I rewrite a portion of it because I usually find something that it could be either more inclusive, all the things that we've said in all the previous steps. It could be more inclusive. It could be uh, worded a little softer. It, it could be, you know, more, I can open up the ending of the question, you know, the question that I have for everybody, I can open that up more and I can make it so I get better responses and all that goodness. This is going to be a long one. Um, no. So once I get done rewriting all that stuff, I generally also part of my, my let it ferment thing is to have somebody else take a little sip and try the, try the email on, um, especially if it's something I think is going to be controversial. So I have somebody else, uh, take a look at the email and, uh, see what they think of the email and whether, whether I should send it or whether I should continue to refine it. We'll maybe say. you should give that person some chips. I should maybe. <laughs> So uh, I wrote up some examples. So this is an example <laughs> of a less than optimal communication is the way I put it. And it's it reads, you know, hey, guys, um, I really need you guys to look at this memory leak. It's affecting the site's performance and uptime stats. And uh, when can your team fix it? And that's, you know, like I said, less than optimal. That's not really what you want to say. One way you could word it, and this is the way I worded it, was to say something like this. Hey, guys, we're really starting to see... The effects of slow performance and a growing number of outages that appear to be caused by a memory leak um, from what we can see in the stats. Let me know when we can get together today and discuss a strategy to identify the real problem and fix it. Thanks again, DevOps Master. So the second one pulls the reader in. It states the problem that, that I need help with and asks for a meeting to plan an approach. So I'm not giving anybody a yes, no answer. I'm asking them to meet with me and discuss what possible approaches we could have. So they can't, the first one, they could blow me off and just go, okay, yeah, we're going to fix that. The second one I'm saying, hey, let's meet and discuss this and talk about how we're going to fix it. It's a lot more inclusive. Plus, it also lets you stay in the loop, um, especially if you're on the ops side and you're not the developer, because uh, this is uh, this is me writing. So I'm always writing from an ops perspective because that's where I'm from. Um, but this is me writing from that ops perspective. And it, it would probably, I'm sure there's more than a few developers who are like, wow, I wish I would ever get a, a message like that, not just fix your crap, because I see a lot of those emails go out to you. Mm -hmm. um, and remember, you always want to set the deadlines as short as possible for stuff, for, for critical issues. You want to respect everybody's time. So if it's a critical issue and you need to address it today, then you want to say today. If it's not so critical, but it's a long-term thing, for instance, it's patching and you want to do patching, maybe you say, I want to get together in the next week. And give everybody the chance to respond back with a good day for them for the next week. Because, you know, they maybe haven't updated their calendar yet or something like that. And you're just giving them a chance to fire some feedback. But also, never forget, everyone is busy. Less time 
the the less time everybody spends being irritated about how things were written, the more time they have to fix problems. So the less time that you spend irritating people with your communications and and are better at getting them to pull out and talk about their stuff, the better, the the more productive you will be. You will all be in the end. Clear and concise. Clear and concise. And we need chips. Yes, we do. Anyways, that'll do it for this week. What do you think? I think it was good to be back. That's good. Yes. And we'll go get chips now. If you want to give us some of that wonderful feedback, we're going to take our time now to ask for the feedback. So give us your feedback at feedback at devopsmastery.com or on the Twitters at uh, devopsmaster or on Google Plus at devopsmastery.com or on LinkedIn on the DevOps board. You'll see I'll have a post of this for the DevOps board. Um, or if you're on Facebook, you can reach us on Facebook. You can find us anywhere. Just try. We're trying hard to be everywhere. I'm starting to do stuff on Reddit, too. But it seems that I have to wait five days. Which is <laughs> kind of funny. Weird. It makes sense, but, you know. You're not buying a gun. I know. You're not, but you know what? It could be as deadly as a gun. Anyways, have a nice week, everybody. Ciao. Thanks again for listening to the DevOps Mastery Podcast. We really appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen to what we have to say about DevOps. All of the content in this podcast is copywritten by Brian Wagner, his co-hosts and guests, and of course, DevOpsMastery.com. The music that you're hearing right now and we heard in the intro is copyrighted by Daryl Allen. And again, we look forward to hearing from you, so don't forget to send us some feedback at feedback at DevOpsMastery.com. Have a nice week, everybody.